Hi. Hello and welcome to Killing Time with Bryn and Malaika. Happy uh, New Year. Oh my God. Happy New Year. Uh, we're back. 2024 edition. Um, is this season three? Don't even ask that question. It's disrespectful <laughs> to us. Um, we <laughs> we have been resurrected. No, we haven't been resurrected. We were on sabbatical. Yeah, we were on sabbatical, which Means, everybody knows is important. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's hard out here. Okay, we're all very tired. Also, our travel schedules, not to brag, are bananas. <laughs> I don't know if you missed it, but I was in Dubai. <laughs> Babe, couldn't miss that one. Not, not, not... Um, I'm, you know what? Not going there. The watch trip heard around the world. In case you missed Bryn's literal 24 hour coverage of Dubai Watch Week, <laughs> I think I may have actually just not gone on Instagram for that whole week. That's good. It was so crazy. It was the a amount lot. of posting. Yeah. If I see one more chocolate clock, Oh, oh, but the chocolate No, clock. it was really cute. <laughs> and let me say, if I had gone into into my room and You would have posted I it. I would have posted it. I loved it. I was like, chocolate <laughs> clock, that's amazing. And it works. <laughs> Fucking hell. Although I had to hide it in the other room because it's not easy. Because it no, because it was ticking so <gasps> loud. Let me tell you, it was not a sweeping seconds. It was not the grand oh, Seiko uh, <laughs> It was like it's like when I was little and I had a Furby and I had to like hide it in my closet. Oh my God. Furbies was so terrifying. They were scary. My Furby would wake up in the middle of the night and just <laughs> do stuff. Feed me. It's scary. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah, I had to return mine. Did you return your Furby? Yeah, I was like, it just won't stop talking and it's like scaring me. Oh God, that's mm -hmm. actually quite traumatic. Um, so yeah, we're only, back. Only 2000s kids will remember. Yeah, um, not Gen Z. <laughs> Did Gen Z have Furbies? I highly doubt it, but I'm sure they have so many terrifying things. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> I'd like to see a like return. Like the Kerwin Frost McNuggets. <laughs> I'd like to see a return to a Kerwin Frost McNuggets. Oh, my God. Um, I might skim over that one. Does anyone remember Kerwin Frost? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, you guys. Yeah. We know why you're here. Uh, you want to hear about watches? Oh right, yeah. Oh my god, um, watches—that old genre. Wait, <laughs> before we move on to the year twenty twenty four, I just want to know what your favorite. Um, well, for those of you who don't know, Malika and I get a lot of um presents sent <gasps> to us in the mail during the holidays. Oh yeah, it's one of the main perks of working in the watch industry is all the snail mail that you get. <laughs> we love a little snail mail. Some of the packages could be a lot more sustainable. Oh. <laughs> There's a lot of excess packaging. That so my super actually complained to me oh, about no. how, about the amount of packaging. Not <laughs> <That> bad. <laughs> no, no. He was like, you need to like flat pack your own boxes because this is out of control. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Mr. Wait, you Ali. you don't flat pack them? Well, like, I'll, like, stack things and put boxes inside of boxes, but I'm not, like, out here with a box cutter. Oh, yeah, like, no, no, that's essential in my house. Okay, well, <laughs> in my abode, usually my super does those things oh, for you. Oh, nice. Um, I but, don't even think I have a super. It's all right. It's, 
East Village. You live um, in Uptown. He, he was like, one more time and that's it. I'm not. And I was like, got it. Say no more. I oh will. Oh, my God. And uh, mm-hmm. got my little Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Thank oh, you, Robbie. Yeah. And uh, proceeded to flat pack all of <laughs> Uh, but don't worry because I also get things sent to the Houdinki office oh and then god. I have to bring them home. Oh my god. Yeah. No, I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. No, no, no. We're not complaining. Yeah. But it's just quite funny. It's like the holidays come in like starting like November 29th. You're getting oh, holiday yeah. packages oh, kind of yeah. every day. I have a UPS box. Um, Can I just put a, a request slash um whoever is sending you La Durée? Oh yeah. Yeah. Who is that? Blanc- well, I was gonna ask what your favorite Christmas package is, and my favorite Christmas package is the lingerie. Sorry, Breguet. It's Breguet. Just saying, I've yet to receive one oh, of those. No, you know what? We'll introduce you to Kelsey, <laughs> who I love. No, no, Kelsey knows who I oh. am. <laughs> okay. Well, what Malika's <laughs> sad about is Breguet sends the most incredible, like lingerie, like. Everything from Lauderay is sent in one box and 30 macarons, the cat tongues, the like, yeah. the little, I don't, I, it's all the French stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's like opening it, you feel like a princess. And I look forward to it every year, even though this is my only second year in the watch industry. <laughs> um, <laughs> Pretty what, fab. What was your favorite gift that you received? God, okay, hang on. Well, I feel like one of them I probably am not allowed to disclose because oh. they like send you a note being like, please do not share this. Oh. Keep that mystery well, alive. I didn't get that. Um, I'll tell you what my second favorite gift was. My Bramont Yeti cups. Oh. Because I fucking love Yeti. Yes. Like, okay, Yeti is like a solid brand. Yeah. You could send me anything if you've like printed your brand name on a Yeti product. Yes. Or Sanziati stuff. I am here for it. Okay. Yeah. Like you think I could never have too many Yeti cups. Yes. I use them. They're great. The IWC one year made little Yeti mug. Oh yeah. Iconic. Still use it to this so day. So good. Somebody in the office today tried to fob off their Yeti cups and I said, absolutely not. You gotta take those home. There's a very important And they're expensive. And they're really well made. Also from your Hermes article. Yeah. Craft. Craft. <laughs> <laughs> did I say apogee in the other take? <laughs> we did a first take, and um, I think Bryn made a joke about my wide range of vocabulary in that first take. Am I pronouncing that right? Apogee. Yeah. yeah. You could see the French influence. <laughs> Do you know? Um, I think it is like I had grandparents who are sort of very academic mm-hmm. types, and I feel like they were the kinds of people that would say, Malaika, what is the definition of this? And you give them them and and it was quite scary. um, But it came in handy. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, you are a writer. Um, Well, you know, I try. I'm all right. I'm not too shabby. Yes. Um, Okay. So my favorite gift, Yeti cups. Yeah. Besides the NDA one that I obviously did not receive. You didn't get an NDA gift? I'm salty now. (laughs) I know. She'll never like, know it? if it's real or if I made that up. Yes. Um, um, anyway. Okay. Note to uh, gift giving people next year. Send me like a La Durée. Send me La Durée. We'll do anything for that. <laughs> maybe not anything. Do quite a lot. <laughs> and uh, maybe less packaging. I don't know. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know what really, really works? What? A shopping bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, can I add one more thing here? Yeah. And this is a bit of a shout out. Yeah. And it actually made me quite emotional. Cameron from, uh, what's his podcast? Collector's Gene. Oh, Steiner. Sent me a Christmas gift. He sent me one too. Did we? Did you get the same one? I got an old library book, Aww. and it was. It's about platinum Cartier jewelry and watches. Aww. It's so nice. Okay, he sent me the estate of Jacqueline Kennedy catalog from Sotheby's. Oh my god, um, that's so thoughtful. That is one of the <laughs> nicest gifts I have ever received. Oh so nice, um, and I like was it away for a really long time and I came back to New York just like not really thinking to about 55 boxes yeah and I opened that and I was like oh my god that's so that is like a really thoughtful and like the perfect gift oh my god that's like a boyfriend gift yeah I know it was giving boyfriend gift okay camera (laughs) wait that's incredible yeah everybody go listen to his podcast shout out collector's gene it's called collector's gene you can hear both Bryn and I have our own episode on that it's great it's a great time oh I love that yeah we love Cameron shout out um okay so finally we're gonna talk about watches oh no yeah no (laughs) okay um so what do we do first watch um yeah I think (laughs) (laughs) the extended edit (laughs) um Watch news. Yay, watch news. Uh, mate, what is the news? Oh, um, yeah, there was a big news. A big news. Sorry, big news. Big. Straight from LVMH. Straight from LVMH. We do not have an Aqua di Parma candle burning, but. I know, but we should. We didn't set the mood, Bryn. We're rusty. <laughs> <laughs> we are rusty, but you know what, guys? We're committed to you. Yes. And we are back to regularly scheduled programming. Okay? Yeah. Um, so watch news. Yeah. Mate, straight out of Elvia Marsh. Elvia Marsh. Frederick Arne. Heard of him. Freddie. Got a bit of a promo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Frederick is now head of watches for LVMH, which means uh Zenith, which means Tag Heuer, which Tag he was Heuer. formerly the CEO. Formerly just Tag Heuer. Just Tag Heuer, and now it's Zenith. Tag Heuer Hublé. Is um, Bulgari included? No, because that? that's technically jewelry. Ah. So um, he is now the head of the watch division, but he is also working under still Stefan Bianchi, who's head of watches and jewelry, who's like top dog. Yeah. Um, and he obviously oversees like Chumet and Bulgari. And... But Freddie is watches. Yeah. So now there is the CEO of Zenith has now become the CEO Julien. of Tag Heuer. Mm. Little, there's a little internal swappage going on. Yeah, they like to do that, don't they? Yeah, keep it in the family, keep as Shaw guy says. Keep it's it. all family. It's all family. Um, and that's the news. Yeah. And I'll be embarking off to LVMH Watch Week at the end of this uh, month. So I'm yes. sure we'll have loads to report. I'll try to get all the tea and just kind of soak up the politics. Get that on a <laughs> dynasty tea. Yes. Yeah, get that tea. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the watch news. It's pretty 
big news. That is big news. Yeah. Um, and I think even people who don't work in watches, as soon as the name Arno comes up, yeah. it's sort of like, oh, their ooh, ears ah. are hurt. Yeah. yeah. So also, I'm not gonna just call out Frederick's age, but he could be on the Forbes 30 under 30. <laughs> <laughs> Which we both are not qualified for. Um, oh. <laughs> Age reveal. Age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> Except in Forbes. But not, Wait. not watching each other. I was just about to say. Uh, watching each other 30-ish. 30-ish under 30. Mate, I will take that. I love that. <laughs> I will take that. <laughs> Um, oh, okay, Lord. so moving on to Malika's favorite subject. Watch spotting. Watch spotting on the red carpet. Uh, I do be talking about red carpets. Well, Malika wrote a very good article for Vanity Fair's on time supplement about red carpet. Yeah. And what this means for the watches in particular, because before red carpet used to be just about the movies. Am I correct, Malika? Yes, you are correct. And then okay. it became about the clothes, right? So, right. L- let's just do a break it down yeah. moment. Because I feel like I have talked about this so many times. We talked about it last year, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and I've done it on Fahodinki. Yeah. And I, like I used to work in celebrity styling. So I just feel like the red carpet thing is just like always being there in the background. Mm-hmm. And obviously you do the same, Bryn. There's like a lot of watch spotting at work. Um, basically the red carpet started let's not go all the way back to antiquity Mm -hmm. but um it started in hollywood as just like you know the parade of like actors getting into the god i can't remember where it used to be it's like a famous it was like a famous location anyway whatever the actors would get out of their car and walk the carpet and it was sort of like press for the films Mm -hmm. and then as time went by i think you know, it became about sort of like a parade of fashion. And then it actually, my favorite part of red carpet history and culture is really the fashion police era. Joan Rivers. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is truly to me the zenith. Yeah. The apogee. (laughs) Did I use it right? Whatever. Did that I? That is truly to me <laughs> no, the no. <laughs> like the um sort of pinnacle yeah. of red carpet culture. The they uh, truly <laughs> destroyed they people on the carpet. Destroyed. Like people. you think that Instagram trolling is bad? Do Boy. you want to be at the whim of Joan and Melissa Rivers? I do not think so. Mm-hmm. And so then the carpet developed into this sort of playing field for brands and sort of marketing and celebrities just became, you know, walking advertisements. And yeah. so brand deals. For the Americans listening, she said advertisement. Yeah. And <laughs> I've been away from America for a bit. I can so tell. my inability to speak American <laughs> has returned and crept up on me. I actually just said on the phone to someone, do you say dynasty or dynasty? <laughs> Duck dynasty. <laughs> yeah, okay, I say dynasty. Uh-huh. Very confusing yeah. out here. Um, Shout out Clockwork Dynasty. Oh, hey! hey. Okay, yeah, that 
is hilarious. God, we just have so much to talk about. <laughs> okay. Anyway, whatever. Red carpet. Yeah. It's a marketing ploy. Okay? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we all love, you gotta know. We, we, I miss the days, truly, yeah. truly miss the days of like the Oscars red carpet in the late 90s, early 2000s. I miss Bjork wearing a swan. I miss oh. Julia Roberts wearing an Armani men's yes. suit. I miss Missy Elliott wearing the <laughs> the my album's out. Oh my god, iconic! <laughs> All the carpets, MTV music oh awards, like the whole thing was just so cool. It was such a spectacle. It was such a spectacle, and, and people made mistakes. It was iconic. Yes, truly, it was and really raw. Yeah, it was, and like I've got to stop using the word iconic, but it was. It was iconic. Yeah, that's appropriate here. And it was just like, there was so much to take in and absorb and it was fun. Yeah. So and now, what's the, what's the opposite word of iconic? <laughs> the antonym. It's dragging. <laughs> <laughs> so the red carpet now is. It's just l- truly become a commercial it's endeavor. It's a commercial. So everything that you see on the red carpet is borrowed. It's pay it's to paid play. For. Okay. Okay. Here's the other thing. I think as time goes on more and more people are paid to wear brands. Yes. But not everybody is yeah. paid. Well, I don't think J. Coe, the host, got paid by Rolex to wear a <gasps> permit with his tux. <laughs> I'm sure you didn't even watch, but that guy was chaotic. Okay, so I saw a lot of people talking shit on him. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, so for example, Rolex did not pay that guy. <laughs> so um, watch. a lot of brand ambassadors as part of their contract. Yes have to wear either, you know, their outfit or their watch or whatever it is that the brand makes. Like it has to be clearly visible. Mm -hmm. They'll have a contract that'll say something like, you have to wear this every time you're on a red carpet or you have to, you know, like wear it X amount of times or whatever. Yes. Um, Or people will be like paid for certain appearances or it's just like, there's a whole sort of. It's like, an ecosystem. It, I think, in fact, I probably called it you that. Did. Um, there are a million ways to be involved. Yeah. And you could be, you know, upper echelon celebrity, or you could really sort of be bottom of the pool, <laughs> <laughs> scraping your way <laughs> onto a carpet. <laughs> scraping your way. <laughs> Clawing your way. <laughs> On all fours. Just like the like creature. Cool. You're like, you have like a green ooze trailing by. Yeah, you. or like your crusty acrylic nail. Stop. Mouth. Okay, <laughs> Malika, stop being mean. Okay, but yeah. In honor of the watch spotting at this year's Golden Globes red carpet, I'm going to light a fake candle for Omega. Mate. <laughs> they go all I got, out. I got one word for that. Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I'm straight to jail, honey. <laughs> straight to jail. Okay, so wait, <laughs> I, I want to say that <laughs> I opened this article that Bryn sent me. She said, just look through this. It's a listicle of all the people and what they will watch wise. Because you know me, I could watch a carpet and honestly, Swear to God, I'm not even looking at the watch. I'm looking yeah, yeah. at, I'm here for the clothes. Yes. Okay, I'm here for the fashion. You like, can't, it's muscle memory. I'm not, I like, I truly, I'm not that interested in your watch. I'm more like. In what, this context. In this context. <laughs> for the Hodinky readers listening. Obviously, I'm here for a watch. <laughs> yes. But it's like the finishing touch. Right, okay? right, right. I want to see the outfit first. Yes. Okay, and if 
you found a good watch to wear with the outfit than slay. Yes. Gotta stop saying slay to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just lean in. I'm leaning in. Okay. But I'm opening this article and I was like, hang on a second. Yeah. Every watch is from one <laughs> brand. What's happening? Omega. Omega. Somebody on my Instagram was like, oh, great. Another Omega carpet bombing. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like a PR guy who like works with watch brands. I'm oh, like, I think I know who that yeah. is. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say it, but I did. I was like, every year. Every, and it's only the Golden Globes, I feel like. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. It's like, is that their heavy, night? I think, <laughs> you know, how like music's biggest night, Hollywood's biggest night, Omega's biggest um, night. The Golden Globes Got are it. Omega's biggest night. Got it. And I love to see them doing their thing. Like, and they listen. put, they'll, wait, they'll find a way to work a little baby constellation in there. Yeah, you better work. <laughs> We got my sleep paralysis demon, Barry Keoghan, wearing some iced out, like, rose gold aquaterra with ruby markers. Damn, girl, you really went in deep. Well, as some people on Instagram like to call me, the TMZ. <laughs> Watch no, the world. somebody called you something even funnier. <laughs> what was it? Oh, what? Somebody, one of your friends called you something way funnier than TMZ. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I feel like a celebrity reporter. No, it's just like part of the job is like covering. We all do it. Yes. So, but my my favorite was obviously Timothy Chalamet. Oh, we we live for Timothy. I just can't get enough. I can't get enough either. You know what? He can do no wrong. He always looks good. He was in like head to toe Even in his backless Hyder Ackerman outfit of yes. Last year, year before, yeah, where I knew they had a mental breakdown. I don't, I don't know if I like that one. And you know what I also didn't like, but you know what I love actually about Tim Mixon being positive this year. Yeah, he doesn't. He he's so like just chill. Yeah, that it doesn't even bother me. It like even if I hate the outfit, yeah, I'm not disturbed. He has like a really good attitude. You could tell he's nice. You could tell he's like easy to work with. He's such a gem. He really is. I love Timmy. And honestly, okay, so, well, first of all, Timothy was wearing a uh, crash. Cartier crash that everybody was like, it's a lady's oh watch. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like at this point, that's just a given. He's wearing the ladies' Cartier crash yeah, with the diamonds. diamonds. It's like fabulous platinum or white gold or something. Um, and he's also with Kylie Jenner, oh. which at first I was like, no. Like, why are they together? That seems like such a weird mix. But now I'm all for it. I ship them. They must have so much fun. <laughs> they look so cute together. So cute. I don't makes even me care believe if it's like in a, love. a press. I initially thought it was like a PR play. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either anymore. And I'm just like, I'm here for it. Because a lot of people were like DMing me and being like, I hate this relationship. And I'm like, I love it. Me too. Why not? It's the zeitgeist. Also, let people be happy, goddammit. I know. Like, just let people live. 2024, this is our vibe. Yeah. Yeah, live and let live. Live and let, just, just let it be. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Let it be. Yes. Okay. Um, what I also love, <laughs> have you seen? So Timmy is Cartier ambassador. Yeah. He's really like, he's out here wearing jewelry. Yeah. And he had this custom necklace made for a Wonka carpet appearance. Oh. 
The Wonka outfit choices are quite interesting. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. The necklace. (laughs) The choice to be in that The necklace was so cool. Really? You need to Google it. I want to see it. It was high jewelry made with Marie-Laure. Oh, She's like the head of jewelry and watch design. Yeah. Queen. And she's stunning. We like... We like she's bow a hot down. toddy. We bow, we bow down to yes. Marilor. Um, they made this necklace. It is stunnish. Oh my god! It's like blue and green and purple jewels, and it's like this sort of. It's not choker, but it's like sits at the collarbone. Mm, and he has a good clavicle, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it is absolutely gorge, and it is. One of the most interesting ways I've seen a man wear high jewelry on the carpet. Love. And he just, it doesn't, you're not even like, oh my God. You're just like, wow, that's chic. Oh, I love that. I'm going to definitely Google that. Yeah. And I just, we don't need to go on and on about the red carpet, but I think what you're saying and what you wrote about in your very insightful article is that it's all marketing. Marketing, you you have to go into it knowing that. But I love seeing a brand like Cartier work with Timothy because they Timothée. Cause they work so well around his personal style. And yeah. you can just tell that it's really well done. It's super intentional. And it doesn't feel forced. So Well, don't you just love that they made a necklace with him? Yes. Like and it's not like a Timothée branded collaboration. No, it was just for him to wear. Yeah. Which and is it's like high jewelry. subtle and nice. That is major. I'm yeah. sorry, that is very major. Okay, but really quickly, I really need to talk about some of these outfits. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. I just Selena Gomez was wearing a oh. serpenti. Yeah. I actually really like Selena love, Gomez. Yeah. Like, I actually want to hang out with Selena Gomez. Do you watch that show that everybody loves? I need to watch it. But can I just also say that Selena Gomez has been a 40-year-old woman for like 10 years already? <laughs> but I'm living for that. Well, like, I... <laughs> she, like, I want to hang out with her. She's funny. She's funny. She seems really down to earth. And I've I really love that Serpenti. She looked, and it's also the Serpenti that's not Tuberga. Yeah. Which is sort of interesting. Yeah. It's like, I mean, how do you even describe it's it? It's gorgeous. I mean, it's covered we, in diamonds. No, we lo- it's very expensive. And it's immediately distinguishable. You're like, oh, she's wearing a Serpenti. And oh, by the way, does she know how to pose? That is how you wear a watch yes. on the red carpet, you my friend. You just friends. give it to <laughs> You just give it to this- them. So can I just also talk about (laughs) something I mentioned in my article that is absolutely hilarious. So the CEO of Bulgari. (laughs) The 45 degree angle. Have you Googled this? I had a chuckle. Like uh, (laughs) um, Jean-Christophe Babin is like a big watch CEO. And if you Google him (laughs) in every single picture on the internet, he has his arm at a 45 degree <laughs> angle so that you can see the watch. Just so. It is genius. It's so it good. It is marketing genius. I think I'm going to start posing like that. No, I like, like, I'm here for it. Yeah. And Selena Gomez understood the assignment. She though. really did. Um, Her dress was interesting, but I, it looked good on her. Yeah. Um, I got to no say. Comment. No comment. <laughs> Taylor Swift. That Gucci gown. I read a very funny article where somebody said, 
everybody was dressing on theme, like color theme. Yeah. You know, Oprah, color purple. Yes. Margot Robbie, pink for Barbie. Yes. Taylor Swift, green for all the money she made on her Eras <laughs> tour. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I was like, yes. yeah. Okay. For Taylor Swift, for um, just lifting the economies of small American truly, cities. Truly. <laughs> the true hero of yes. 2023. Well, she is Time's person of the year. She is. I mean, she... She really listen for me though. Tell me, <laughs> Rosamund Pike's outfit. I haven't even seen this. Can you show me? I mean, I oh, I was just the drama. No, I it was everything I needed and more. Um, I love her. By the way, have you finally? No, seen I Salt haven't, Burn? and I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Please, I that's swear your to God. Somebody wrote in. Is this the cut? I don't know what article this is, but somebody wrote that it reminded them of the time Samantha got a chemical peel. <laughs> oh my God, that's so And, and wore a veil <laughs> to Carrie's Carrie was launch. like, honey, can you just go home? <laughs> oh, that's when you see Carrie at her most brutal. She's like, just leave my The party. burger era of oh Carrie Bradshaw is truly the worst. She's like, <laughs> my mom always says, I'll always remember this is the day I got arrested for smoking a doobie. Oh my God. <laughs> I hate her in that episode. I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. But Miranda's skinny jeans forever. Oh, oh. Um, okay, so that we was the that. red carpet. Wait, I really love my favorite look was Hunter Schaefer's Prada. Oh, uh, that's gorgeous. So stunning. Pretty. Oh. Every time she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. We love we love Hunter. Okay. So yeah, love it. What a what a what a night. I didn't watch it. At all. I had a feeling. Yeah. I I think I was like traveling or whatever. I just was doing other things. Well, I had a feeling because I was like, is Hodinky tracking the watches? Yeah. And when I didn't see the article, I was like, good for Malika. <laughs> she must have put her foot down. and was like, I'm not doing it this year. Like, I'll do Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I will also do Met Gala. Yes. Say no more. Um, say no more, fam. You won't catch her doing the MTV <sighs> Teen Choice Awards or whatever. <laughs> Listen, I would do that just for if the lol. If it was fun. If, if it, was, it fun. was fun. If it was fun. If God, it were like the Y2K. Um, I really want to talk about the time where I was today years old <laughs> and I discovered that Madonna did a full like Marie Antoinette performance of, um, shit, what song was it? Was it Vogue? Yeah on the MTV Music Awards in the 90s and I'd never seen it before. Oh my God. And it was my birthday and I had dressed up as Donatella Versace <laughs> and I was wearing the highest heels you've ever seen. And I saw this performance of Madonna from like, I don't know, 1999 and I nearly, I nearly fell into cardiac arrest. <laughs> like I've never had anything speak to my core so profoundly. It was like, every gay man and my dream oh ever. Oh my God. And my friends were so shocked that I'd never seen it. Yeah, it's so on brand. Um, Have you seen it? No. Well, you need to watch it immediately. I've got a lot of homework. Um, and that to me is peak culture times. Love. And we will never have Let that again. them eat cake. <laughs> okay, moving on to... Um, what are we to, moving on to? You well... Oh, you could just hear the French music in the air. Malaika. Yeah. Parlez-vous français? Oh, no. The reveal. 
<laughs> Everybody when I go to Switzerland is always like, do you speak French? And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> what? I don't speak French. What? Well, uh, she's fluent. No. <laughs> um, so it's really funny because in, I, all right. I did a video series. Yes. For Hodinkee. Um, and this series started with Cole Pennington embarking on a journey to Thailand. And we have somehow landed. We've gone all the way from wow. Cole Pennington in Thailand <laughs> to me in Paris. <laughs> you couldn't do more of a 180 if you tried. Love to see it. But we love to see yes. that. We love to move Hodinkee the needle. contains multitudes. That's, that's exactly. Um, and so Watches in the Wild is this series where you go and explore watch culture and, you know, a different country, city, whatever. It's actually very, very hard work to produce. It's like a heavy lift. It's a big, it's big content. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, there are different sort of types of content. It's not short form either. It's not short. No, not a lot of things on Hodinkee are short though. Which I'm learning. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, there are short things, but I tend to always be doing long things. Mm. I like a think piece. Yeah. And so we're in Paris for three episodes. They're 30 minutes each. 30 minutes. It's me running around talking to collectors and designers and creative directors and jewelry designers and people in the community, people in the fashion zeitgeist. It's sort of explaining the intersection between fashion and watches and how the two can sort of live in synergy. Maybe watches could do with a little influence from a few other areas of creative vision and things. Mm -hmm. Here's my take. I think the watch world is just so like, I don't know anything else like the watch world. Like it is like truly years behind everything else. Like in its politics, in its like creative output, it's a very safe kind of no, like not that many risks are taken. And so it's interesting to put it side by side with an industry where it's like the emphasis is on pushing the conversation forward. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm not saying there isn't nuance within it. Like obviously we're going through this moment in fashion where things are also at a bit of a stalemate, likely due to, you know, the global economy. Um, that's just what happens when there's a recession, you know, Things obviously aren't really covered in diamonds or logos when finances aren't looking great. Mm -hmm. But fashion tends to try and at least move the needle. And I think watches, you know, aside from a couple of brands like AP, Richard Mill, um, you know, Cartier to some degree, like I feel like brands are just in this very safe zone. And um, it's sort of like my whole thing is like, hey, why don't we just learn and take a look at other industries and and meet people who like both things mm -hmm. and like understand that they are not totally separate from each other. I mean, nobody's saying that they're the same, not at all. But like, for instance, jewelry design and watch design doesn't have to be that different. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the success of like Carolina Bucci's Royal Oak, 
Or the or, Cartier Benoit bangle. Or the Benoit bangle. I just read about it today in this piece. Like, those are fundamentally, like, jewelry influenced, heavily influenced by, like, jewelry design. And there's a reason why, like, women, you know, there's such a buzz around these watches. And it's like, surely it's a no-brainer mm-hmm. to just, like, pluck a few more jewelry designers and, right. and, like, start collaborating. Yes. I do, and like it, it doesn't have to be like some hype collab. No, it's like the way that Carolina Bucci did it. I think is like the most perfect example. Yeah. Well, I was just I did an interview. It, it isn't out yet, but it's with Lauren Harwell Godfrey, who does jewelry. And yeah. Jenny Wright from Audemars Piguet. Yeah. And Lauren said the exact same thing. She was like, "Why don't more watch brands work with jewelry designers?" And I think when a lot of watch people hear jewelry watch, maybe they'll think of something with like this like intricate mother of pearl dial with like a dancing fairy and it's like diamonds and it's whimsical and it's like automata or whatever. But what you're talking about is watches that like could be jewelry and the only thing that sets them apart is that they keep time essentially. I mean that is what the Benoit bangle is. Yeah. It is a piece of jewelry. It's a piece of jewelry. It just happens to tell the time. Yeah I mean listen I'm not taking away from the sort of practical or like the mechanical prowess of a Mm -hmm. watch. I think that's really special. And it's what sets them apart. Yeah it's just like I and I think it you can have both. You can yes. have the timekeeping and the design. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be some far-fetched sort of crazy thing. Although I would love to see more sort of radical design. But um Well, I think the Serpenti kind of like scratches that itch for you. And I mean like that's why you love wearing it is like the drama. Yeah, it's such drama, but like in a very elegant yes. way. Um it's like loud but it's also refined yeah and that is a very hard balance to it's strike so hard and the reason why they can do it is because they design jewelry yes and Fabrizio Buonamassa Stigliani yes I said that correctly <laughs> is um if you ask him he says the Serpenti is a piece of jewelry mm-hmm. with a watch and there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think that maybe that's seen as like a little taboo. But if you want to sell to women, yes, just Period. get just get jewelry designers involved. Period. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I truly just I'm like, hello, yeah. is anybody home? Seem, and don't like you said, don't make it this crazy collab that's like all about like the name. And guess what's so cool about the Benoit Bangle and Carolina Bucci's Royal X? Not a single gemstone mm-hmm. insight yeah that's nary a gemstone yeah although you know people like wearing a little ice sometimes no i love ice oh okay what is that I, it's so dark in this room <laughs> i know i know we like the mood <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you trying to seduce hold me? on let me just bring it over to the light from the omega candle <laughs> <laughs> oh i'll just pull out my flame <laughs> i'm wearing oh. the longine Mini Dolce Vita <laughs> in pink. That with a diamond case. <laughs> I hosted a, a dinner party with them in New York City and they gave me this watch. Very nice. And I've been wearing it. It's really cute. And it was the one that out of the whole collection 
I was like, that one is the least likely to be confused for a Cartier tank. Mm. <laughs> so I'm getting like see. the Let crazy pink one with like the guilloche dial. It's a vibe on you there. I kind of like it. It's giving it's, like Y2K. It's Y2K. Yeah. It's unexpected for you. Yes. It's so, it's kind of funny, but like I love it. Um, it's cute. So yeah, sometimes people like wearing diamonds. And I think in, what was interesting in your... um video when you were in Paris, you're talking about the usage of color, mm. the usage of gemstones, mm. like in a way that Rolex does with like the rainbow yeah. Daytona. Yeah. If you want to speak more about that. Yeah. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I think gem setting is like an art mm -hmm. that I just have the utmost respect for. As you know, I'm constantly talking about going to the GIA to get my little two-year certificate. Which you really should, and then you can become AP's in-house gemologist. No, I mean, that is the <laughs> career trajectory that I'm after. Which we didn't even talk about. I know. We have a lot to catch up on. And truly, God, I'm manifesting something there we need with to gemology. Like a, a TBT episode. We do need a TBT episode. Um, But I, I have, you know, Rolex are truly so so like amazing at their gem setting they really are just like industry leaders in the way that they do everything in-house now and it's like so precise and so clean and you know gem setting is not easy mm -mm. um and then there's a company salonitro that does gem setting for companies like patek and ap and it's a whole art unto itself right and we love a little bling we love a little bling. But we don't always need tons of bling. Yeah. For a woman's watch to be a woman's watch, which I'm going to call it a woman's watch. Which is also fine. Here's my definitive argument. Let's say watches are all unisex. Yes. Both ways. Yes. And if you need to gender a watch, then let's at least make women's watches with as much respect and thought and intention as like we make men's watches. And let's also remember that not all women are the same. Yeah, oh, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's okay to want a submariner and a serpenti. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like Hodinky, women contain multitudes. Yes. And I yeah. am having fun wearing some diamonds, but I would never, I, I don't own a diamond set watch. Like, you don't? No. I don't. I and Do that's I? not what I would go for. Yeah. Like it would, it's not my first watch. It's no. not my second watch. No. It's not my third watch. If I had like a crazy collection, then I would get some diamonds. Mm. But I think if you're talking to like the average woman, mm. she doesn't want the mother of pearl dial. She doesn't want the diamond, whatever. But then I'm sure there are women in other parts of the world. Oh, I know. Like it's so easy to be like so and, and eccentric. Yeah. Like listen. I'm there is nothing wrong with like a mother of Pearl Dial. Yes. But it's like the clever thing about that Benoit bangle, whether it's for you or whether it's not for you, I think it was absolute genius the way that they made a product that was truly like, oh, did a woman did a, did a woman come up with this? Probably Maria. Marie-Laure. Marie-Laure. Because it's also the way that it's made for stacking. Yeah. So I would just love to see other brands sort of coming at it from that angle. And, you know, there are a multitude of designers out there who would be really, really good for really the job. Good. And I spoke to um, Charlotte Cheney. Do you know her? Um, no. She makes these really beautiful. Is she the spoon? 
No, that's Nadine. Oh, yeah. Um, Charlotte makes these really sort of slightly more conceptual, very sort of fluid and curvy ergonomic like cuffs and um, earrings. And her jewelry is really beautiful. She used to work at Balenciaga when Nicolas Gasquier was creative director. She is like fashion, you know, she got the... She's, she she's, has the pedigree. She got the pedigree. The CV. Nah, she really got the resume. Yeah. And now she has her own jewelry brand and it's very successful and she collects watches and she's on episode two. And she, you know, has really insightful things to say about the approach to jewelry design. And, you know, she was like, I'd be open to making a watch. And oh, I was cool. like, that is a very smart, successful yes. woman yeah. who should be consulting yes. on watch design. Yes. And a lot of like Lauren Harwell Godfrey mm. was like, I really want to work on a watch. Yeah. And the fact that she said that and her collection is small and she's not like a quote unquote like watch guy. <laughs> yeah. But it's on her radar. Yeah. And I'm sure if you pulled a number of like really talented jewelry designers, yeah. they would all. I mean, I think they all want to do it. Yeah. yeah. It's so prestigious, which yeah. I love about the watch industry. And it's like. It moves at a glacial pace, but in some regards, that has been one of its strengths is that it's so trend proof. But it's almost I think we've come to a point now where there are so many eyeballs on the industry that it's like to a detriment. Yeah. And I was going to ask you when you were talking about um, how like when I was like, you know, women don't want a mother of pearl dial. And yeah. you were like, well, some markets do. Yeah. I think something that distinguishes the watch industry is that they make watches for the existing market and they almost pander to some of that. Yeah. Whereas fashion is always kind of trying to find the next big thing or whatever. Literally. And they're going to push the envelope in a way that might exclude people. But yeah. in the long run, it sets the trend and like, <clears throat> so, you know what I'm saying? My thing is like, um, again, I think I've been writing a lot recently and I wrote about the AP Offshore, which is one of my favorite watches and people really have a they lot have of words people really have feelings about that watch but my point was like okay in the same way like you know it's it's it may not be for you but something that is so sort of bold and causes such a reaction is actually like the smart thing and that's what pushes sort of the conversation forward and in fashion, you know, like whether it's Demna five years ago with Vetmore, like, you know, making DHL hoodies, which just seemed like so inconceivable in the moment. Uh, but now look, everybody is sort of like doing the weird collab thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody. Yeah. I mean, that literally became mainstream. Yeah, I and think like, that's when Carwin Frost was big. The DHL oh, hoodie yeah, era. Yeah, the DHL hoodie era. But like <laughs> that came from a designer who like shook up the entire yeah. industry. Yeah. Or even, you know, like there are just designers like J.W. Anderson who sort of like plays on digital culture and makes like kind of strange looking stuff sometimes mm -hmm. and it might sort of shock and like even if you go back to John Galliano and the beginning of his couture collections for Dior like those were scandalous that was like selling sex to a really traditional couture client like that was like bold okay mm -hmm. but it changed everything mm -hmm. and you gotta have those people who are brave enough to make the statements I mean also I think 
you know, that this isn't really a very experimental era, just going back to like the financial climate. But yeah, you, I think it's like that idea of like, okay, this is a shock at first, but everybody eventually adapts. Well, when you talked about the DHL yeah. hoodie, yeah. like even thinking about it now, yeah, I'm like, it's really hard for me to get in the headspace that that was once like groundbreaking. Yeah, but it was. Yeah. And yeah. I think you said that the watch world plays it safe and they yeah. do. And I think they, they have to because I think the medium is a lot more complicated than making well I don't know I, yeah. it's like it's such a long conversation but I, I get what I get what you're saying yeah yeah it's like you have like and there is oftentimes at least at like the haute horloge yeah. arena like yeah. there's so much like you were saying that watch brands don't really take a risk but sometimes they really do inside and it's in the movement and they're right. like they're like really pushing the technology there yeah. which is like so be like so underneath the surface it's very in the weeds yeah and it's like function um form follows function yeah whatever but i i i think it's harder for watch brands to take that risk and i like want to know why and i think your conversations in paris were kind of like getting to that point where we're asking why the two industries are so different um well obviously production takes a lot longer right so it's just that very logical sort of barrier like it's a it's a logistics thing i suppose but really not on quartz watches though (laughs) if you look at and i'm talking strictly design here yeah like and i know this is upper echelon again but like richard mill is a perfect example like that is a very radical yes okay and like that looks like nothing else. Right. And like that has become a whole culture unto itself. Or if you look at AP and offshores and concepts and like even the use of like the ceramic, the colored ceramic on the open work dial Royal Oaks, like that stuff is like not necessarily easy to look at. Mm-mm. Right. But it's like, conceptual and it's cool and if you get it you get it yeah and my thing is like in the way that fashion is so sort of boundary breaking at times that always trickles down Mm -hmm. and it doesn't in watches like and I'm like but why well it's like you don't have the fast fashion I mean you have affordable watch brands but you're not gonna see in the same way you see the DHL hoodie trickle down to like Forever 21 doing some like silly, yeah, sure. like big logo licensing deal. I think it would just be like, for instance, if mm-hmm. you look at the mid-century watch design, like that was people taking risks. Mm-hmm. And you know, the vintage stuff that all the watch guys harp all, on about. Uh, yeah, the, the vintage yeah, watch guys. Yeah. That happened because they were taking risks. Yes. So like somebody's got to do it. Yeah. And then the courts, the quote unquote courts crisis hit. And I think after that, that's when people started to be a little less risk taking. Sometimes I actually think a crisis makes people work a little harder and makes like cool shit happen. Well, it was like the birth of 
you know, the Royal Oak and the Nautilus. I'm saying like in the aftermath of that. Oh, okay. Like, so you're talking about like the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But still, there were some pretty cool pieces in the 90s. And who knows? People might look back on this era and be like, oh, my God, it's so cool that so-and-so did this. But you're not getting like that like big, big moment. Well, my problem is what I think I find really difficult and so many people do not share my opinion. Yeah. Like I'm, and a couple of people that you know do share my opinion. Like Nick Bebeck and I talk about this at length. Like Shout out Nick Bebeck. Shout out to Nick Bebeck. Like it is so boring yeah. watching these brands. And like I, you know, like I love vintage watches. Yes. But like we do not need to make everything a reissue. Right. And if you're going to reissue, like get a deep cut. Or like you know just what let I'm it saying? inspire. Yeah. And I mean, talking about Nick and like Tag Hoyer and what Tag actually stands for. Yeah. Technique d'avant-garde. Yeah. Ooh. How was that pronunciation? Yeah. You're like, it could use some work. <laughs> no, but I love like, it, dear Lingo. I'm like, Tag was about the avant-garde once yeah. upon a time. Yeah. Like, come on. And now you see like going back to our watch news, it's like under this behemoth conglomerate, LVMH. And it's like, do those people, can they even take risks? Like, it, can they? Like, where, how, how? It, I, like, I can sit here and kind of, like, ponder it all day, but I don't really know well, how hard it is. Like, it must be so hard to get anything through the door. I mean, we worked on something with Cartier, and yeah. we loved doing that project, yeah. and it was so amazing. But there were, like, so many emails because you just have to go through so many different channels and people and approvals. So I'm like... Well, in this world, how can you take the risk? Because it's like the C-suite dictate. Yeah. And it's just I, I think it's just getting through all the different kind of layers and bureaucracy. And, you know, I don't know. I just think build and they will come. Yeah. Because we could sit here and pander to, you know, what we think the market is going to buy. Yeah. But if you don't take a risk, yeah. like. I think eventually then yeah. everything falls off, right? Because you have to think ahead because what's next? Yeah. Well, what is next? I will be excited to see because I do think there is a sea change in the industry. And like even seeing Richard Meal kind of experiment with that Ferrari, that like super flat, yeah. well, not the fart. Was it the Ferrari? Yeah, Ferrari. The super flat, like yeah. it doesn't look like another Richard yeah. Meal. And everybody was like kind of, oh, what is this? Yeah. It looks like, I think we even called it like the, Credit card. The watch. credit card. Yeah. But like just the fact that that's so unlike what we No, but we've I, seen. Lo I love. I, yeah. And you know, when someone makes something where I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I like to yeah. feel like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you I want to like, feel something. I like to feel something and I like to be one over. Yeah. Well, you know what, Malika? Yeah. It's time, I, isn't it? I'm feeling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling your watch, mate. <laughs> um, well, you guys, I feel like. I feel like Malika and I could talk so much longer, but we really have to go and we're so excited to be back and happy new year. Uh, Banani. Here's to more risks. Oh yeah. Um, risks. Risk of us. Are you risk of us? <laughs> Not after this conversation. <laughs> okay, babe. I'm about to burn it down. Bye. Bye. Bye.